Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to episode 140 of Five and Dive. It is June 1st. I'm your host, Craig Goldstein, Editor-in-Chief of Baseball Prospectus. My co-host today is Jeff Paternostro, lead pat... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start over, Jeff. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Five and Dive. It is episode 140 on June 1st. I am your host, Craig Goldstein, Editor-in-Chief of Baseball Prospectus. Joining me as my co-host today is Jeffrey Paternostro, Lead Prospect Writer for Baseball Prospectus. Jeff, we're on three in a row. We're, we're, uh, we're on fire in NBA yeah. Jam's tournaments. You and me. I'm I'm sorry for that, but it is the way it is. Hopefully, we fin- we'll get. We are finally getting a Mets segment on one of these. Oh yeah, it's that's really been lacking. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Bradford and or Emma later this week. Uh, it's just been a schedule thing, uh, but we're gonna get right into a Mets segment uh, right off the bat. I'm mad about something this morning as it pertains to the Mets, and we had. There are a few reasons to talk about them, um, as as there always seem to be. Uh, our first segment, because you demand it, we are a Mets podcast. We got an email uh, over the weekend. We love. The, I believe we've gotten. This is now our third email, and two. Have I believe come it's our Pete, third email. Yes, and two have come from uh, Peter, mm-hmm. um, and we appreciate that. I'm, we've I'm got. Glad we had to, zero emails in the first 100, and three in the next 40. So, so we're trending up. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Peter said, "Hey guys, always enjoy the pod. For the next time you do a Mets edition." Good luck. Good news, that's, Peter. That's every, week. every week. <laughs> Could you discuss the reasons behind why Francisco Lindor's adjusted 2021 offensive numbers look remarkably different by DRC plus compared to other metrics? He helpfully provided uh, as of May 31st, uh, just last night, DRC plus was at 99. I think actually it updated overnight. It's at 97 right now. Which is funny because uh, he went two for five with a single and a double. Last yeah, it's night. complicated. Uh <laughs> Mixed models, Jeffrey, okay? Uh, WRC Plus is at 72, and OPS Plus is at 67. Obviously, a a marked marked difference there. Um, I mean, I I have some reference points for this. I've asked Jonathan Judge for um, Francisco Lindor's deserved rates, um, and like the component rates, like deserved home runs, deserved singles, et cetera, et cetera, compared to his actual rates. I, I was all prepared to tell uh, to tell you and our listeners that we'll follow up with that in uh, in next week's episode because or sorry later this week um, because I hadn't got those yet. He's just providing them to me as I'm talking right now, which is very <laughs> exciting. But but before we get to those, because I'll have to do some uh, some thinking, which is hard for me. Um, the the basic idea is that the way DRC works and the way that those uh, WRC plus and uh, OPS plus work uh, is just a bit different is that DRC plus is descriptive, but also it is not working purely on what happened, but, but uh, factors in a, uh, many other elements, right? So like opponent quality, things like that. Whereas WRC plus 
and OPS plus are purely descriptive based on what happened uh, on a, like a batted ball event or Mm -hmm. obviously a strikeout or something like that. You should talk now so I can look at these numbers. So I'm not surprised he was a little bit better by DRC plus. He was last year too, as well, I believe in 2020 and it's tough. I've watched most of Francisco Lindor's at bats this year, and I can't tell you he's been good. Uh, has he been a little unlucky at times? I think certainly that's the case. I assume DRC thinks the walk rate is fairly sticky and that he should be hitting for more power than he has been. Would be my best guess is there because that's sort of my observations from watching the game is the approach is still there and that he's hit some liners right at some guys. But yeah, it's... We're just talking about too, I would wonder what the confidence interval is on... DRC plus for him at 99 because if it's like you know if it's, a, if it's a confidence interval around 20 points it's entirely possible that at least WRC plus is accurately measuring him although it would be at the uh, right so bottom do, of that confidence interval obviously yeah so we do publish our our you know, what the standard deviation is mm-hmm. so the the range that we have the plus minus there uh, again at 97 right now. Um, he is at a standard uh, deviation of 15. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the range we're basically saying is as high as 112 and as low as 82, um, which is still a, a touch higher than these other ones. Yep. Um, but, you know, it, it gives you an idea that I, I, I think something that's important to underscore here is we're two months into the season and these are advanced metrics and they take time to um, kind of solidify in, in terms of something that we can uh, rely on it does, you know that that we know for sure we're in the right range especially something like drc which is as i as i kind of flippantly mentioned but it is a mixed model it takes a really a lot of elements into account and so that that's going to change kind of uh how strongly we buy into a specific number as opposed to a range early in the season um so what what jonathan was able to provide me with uh was the deserved numbers right now. Uh, we can actually, I mean, if we did the basic math and divided by PAs, we could get the, the rates ourselves. I'm not going to do that as I'm talking. But basically, the idea is that um, Francisco Lindor has an 11% walk rate, a 16% strikeout rate. Those are both well above uh, league average. Yeah. Or, or, or better than league average, if you want to say. The, the strikeout rate is below the league average in a good way. And so the idea is that based on uh, his singles, doubles, triples, and home runs, uh, the, the number of outs he's making, it, th- I guess one way to put this is uh, it's, a, it's a glorified or, or like fancy dog, as Ben uh, Carsley would say, version of his BABIP is too low. Yes. Um, but what what the deserved stats do on their individual basic component basis is say like when these when when you redistribute when you say something is going to regress to the mean, it has to push other stat- stats into other areas, right? So when we say his BABIP is low, where is that going to go? Some percentage of that is going to go into singles, some into doubles, uh, a very low amount into triples, and some into home runs. And so what the deserved components do is say, okay, um, here is how that should distribute based on on uh, his production and what that would look like if that happened. And right. then like it a, does I, assume it kind of- I assume it's still a linear weights model roughly for the output. 
Uh, that I'm not. I I don't want to say yeah, yes yeah, or no. I I, assu- I kind of assume so, but I'm not entirely yeah. sure. And and Jonathan wrote really honestly uh, with a lot of clarity about this uh, in an article that we can put in the show notes called "Deserve Stats for the 2021 Season." And he used Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman um, about this was about a month ago. Um, but he explained really well that like, again, the, the singles doubles and this includes strikeouts, walks, et cetera, have to go somewhere. So mm-hmm. when we look at Lindor's deserved rates, we have an 18% strikeout rate. So he's, he's overperforming that in terms of his actual performance by about two percentage points, but 18% is still really good. Uh, his, his deserved walk rate is 10%. Again, about a percentage point difference, but still really good. Um, but his his deserved single rate is at fourteen uh, percent. I I imagine that's he's well underperforming that. Again, I don't have the specific number exactly right now. But um, his deserved double rate is four percent, and his deserved home run rate is a, a touch under three percent. Now, yeah, again, he's, they're, he's they're significantly below all of those. I'm doing back of the envelope math off his player card. So he's significantly below. Now, is it fair to point out that? A four percent double rate and a three percent homer rate is not particularly good. Right. Yeah. Well, it only I sees mean, him as a league average hitter. Right. A, t- a touch below. Yeah. Right. So I think we're we're you know we're we're trying to cop to the fact that he has not been good. Correct. Um, but he's also been, if you want to say unlucky, maybe maybe he's just performed badly. But what DRC does is look at at his current performance, his historical performance, and say like this, the, you know his age there's there's uh you know there's a lot of elements to this and say like he's not going to continue to be this bad based on the way the batted ball profile and and breakdown and the way the league uh has performed overall you know what i mean like it's it's right and if you uh, want to look at the at the x stats here too you know his his woba is 269 but his x woba is 307 now that's not good but that's probably a little bit below league average you know, it thinks he should be hitting 228 with a 354 slugging. Right. Right. Again, um, not good, but that probably gets you to around, uh, given his walk rate, around a 700 OPS, which nowadays is league average. Right. So he has been both, uh, I would say, a little disappointing and also unlucky. Yeah, so I, I just did a, a really quick one. His single rate is around 12.3%. Mm-hmm. And again, the deserved single rate is 14 to, You know, Add in more more singles. Right. Um, yeah, that's going like, to help your batting average. It's going to help. You know, it's going to help you a add bunch in four of four singles. Like, so we're only talking about forty games here because the Mets right. can never play right. baseball more than two days in a row. So it ends up being like you add four singles, two doubles, and a home run, and that actually moves the line a lot. Right. Um, his he's underperforming his deserved double rate by a point and a half. Mm. Um, and then I was going to do home runs real quick. He's at two percent, and that's going to, uh, uh, you know, point eight percent, almost a full percentage point. Again, I think if you add those in, you're still getting not quite a league average hitter, and that's kind of where you have it, right? right? It's it's not saying that everything this solves everything, right? Um, if he, if he had hit, let's say two thirty three forty three fifty for two months, it would be disappointing, but I don't think we'd be panicking about him. Yeah, and I think the other part of it is, um, I, I think the other factor here is the contract. I see everyone yeah. wants oh, to complain about right. a guy making a lot of right. money who's not performing well. Um, and you know, I, Michael, I think, Michael Conforto yeah. and Jeff McNeil were off to roughly that start, the league average 700 OPS, and nobody was particularly worried about them. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that I hope that explains to some degree why DRC is where it is compared to WRC plus and OPS plus. I mean, as as you know, by listening to this podcast, we use OPS plus a lot. I reference WRC plus. They are, you know, they're they're descriptive stats and they tell they tell you more about what specifically has happened uh, in in a lot of ways uh, than DRC plus. But I don't know that they're necessarily truer um, in terms of what's going to happen, if that makes sense. I don't it's not DRC is not built to be predictive, but I also think like we need more data than we have at 45 games into the season or wherever we are, 50 games into the season. Um, so I hope that makes sense, Peter. Thank you for writing in. Um, I do want to stay on Lindor and the you Mets. You do, yes. There was an article today in the Washington Post by Neil Greenberg that the headline, which I'm sure is not, from what I know about the Post, is not the the author's, uh, you know, in, in the author's uh, purview. But it says the Mets' Francisco Lindor isn't in a slump. He's in a three-year slide. And I just want to say that, like, this that notion is is um god i just, the, the word slipped out of my head it's it's unfair i mean like sure. it's just we're working first of all we're 2 months into a season right so this is not a 3 year slide you could right. say we're in the third year of a slide potentially um i would also point out that last season was a 2 month season um, and then in 2019, he had an 854 OPS. Yes. He was, it's his second best season yeah. as a professional was, was 2019. If you want to go by OPS, if you want to go by DRC plus, uh, technically 2017 edged it out by one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at this, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, Unfair is is really the wrong word to use. I mean, there's going to be a there's look. There's going to be a cottage industry of these takes until he starts hitting. Sure, but the the, the implication here is so heavy handed, right? Sure. And, and like, there's a there's a sentence in here where he, where it says instead he is producing the lowest barrel rate of his career since 2016. And this to me is, again, when you talk about the framing of of this discussion, right? Right. Which is that it's, it's like, implying again, something more dire than what is happening. He has 140 batted balls. If he had three extra barrels, it would be completely within his normal well, okay, so range he's of barrel never percentage. had he's Okay, so in, in his barrel rate in... in 2018 his career year was yeah. like nine nine yeah. percent or something like that it was good yeah uh it's never been above 7.1 percent outside of that season i right. think it's fair to say that that was a career year i mean maybe point. it's certainly yeah. maybe he's tw- yeah. he's young enough that right. it doesn't have to be but but to this point it was right if you were talking about uh, a 31 year old player that had had the last three seasons he had you could start talking about it being the decline but, phase. But I was just talking about this with, with I because I tweeted about this and, and a couple other people chimed in. And DJ Short of NBC Sports Edge was one of them. And he, he had pointed out on his own that we're talking about, even if you include the last month of 2019, which was yeah. really bad. He was really good up until he had a really bad last month that dragged some numbers down. It's 132 games, right. which is not even a full season. And so when you... 
when you split it up into three seasons of of one of which is a, a two month season and the other is a two month season that we're not completed yet. You know, we haven't completed yet. It's disingenuous. That's right. the word. This is a disingenuous take. And that, that was the word that was alluding, uh, alluding me. And you don't and need to pick arbitrary endpoints. Like, like, look, I I would be – and I've, I've, I don't think I've said this publicly. It's like if you think Francisco Andorra is not good now as a hitter, write the report. Right. Say don't, that. Like, yeah, well, well, no, write the report. Say why. Like, you right. can't just, like, I'm really tired of people, and this is a, an issue this in baseball This is regurgitating general, a few stats. Just creators. stop going to Savant and sorting columns. Like, so much of the baseball writing I see now is that, and then people arguing about who was first to get to the Savant page and sort <laughs> columns. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, no, I he hasn't. I, like I said, he hasn't looked good. You could write a report that says the, you know, he's getting long and wrapping, and he's not engaging his lower half well. Like, they've, I know they've changed hitting coaches, and I think he needs some some work there but it look, also doesn't look like he's a complete disaster it looks right. like he's just been a little bit off for two months which he's, is you know a problem there, but there are times he's looked like a disaster i mean mm-hmm. we talked about uh, I mean, like had, during the cardinals series 20, yeah, he, over, yeah i think that was in the middle of his over 26 run right i mean there are times i mean look the, what we're saying and and it goes in line with what peter asked you know this this is not necessarily a glowing we're not saying everything is fine right. There are issues to pick at here, but there's no reason to make it sound like there's, you know, like like the house is on fire when there's a lot of nuance required for this discussion because of the weird way last season happened, Mm -hmm. because this season's a little weird. I mean, we've talked about how many times have I said, like, I'm kind of throwing out 2020 for bad seasons. He wasn't even bad in 2020. He was just okay. Mm -hmm. And I understand that he's supposed to be an elite player, so just okay pales in comparison of of the expectation. But, like, if you want to say he's just... Like, say what you want to say instead of trying to, to frame it up around this, like trend that that again is less than a full season if he had 150 again which he doesn't even in the <laughs> sample size but if you have a 150 game season where he was bad you would write it off as a bad season given his prior talent level the fact that it's taken place over three you know three-ish years not seasons but years is lending this like false uh credibility to it like to the argument, and look if you again, there are things to pick on his his exit velocity this year is in line with last year, despite a league wide trend up. Right, mm-hmm. it's moved up in a lot of cases about two miles per hour. Yeah, he's grounding okay. into the shift a lot. He's grounding into the shift a lot. He's putting the ball on the ground a lot, and and, yep. and the the post article says this right. He says he's topping balls, and it's it's he's got a ground ball percentage close to to fifty percent. It's at forty eight point nine percent right now. Last year, though, it was at thirty-eight and a half percent. So, right. how are you? How are you tying that into the decline, the trend decline argument? Right. Right. If you actually look at the, is. if you look at the batted ball data and the stat cast outputs, like his two thousand twenty specifically, really looks like it was unlucky, unlucky on contact. Yes, unlucky on contact, and this year is worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could argue, like this year is, but like last year was not not what it was like cracked up to be in terms of, of that kind of stuff. And it's really, look, like there are issues with, with a fair amount of this, you know, if you want to get into like the soft, medium, hard hit stuff. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. but again, last year, his I, soft, his soft percentage also really was under 10%, parse which is like incredible. Right. Again, but, right. But my point is, but that's kind of the point is that we're parsing these at bats 
repeat like that sample size of at bats repeatedly. Hmm. And it doesn't actually clarify the issue at all. Um and and you know, again, like we've talked about this with with XBA and stuff like that. I understand how it works, but that stuff is not is not predictive at all and it doesn't take into account like the horizontal angle. Right. So like the horizontal angle has been a lot of ground balls into the shift. <laughs> which if you want but right, but if you yeah. want to get into what expected right. batting average should be, like you you kind of need that, right? right. And I, look, I understand most people use it as as a, a guidepost and not uh, as as gospel, and that's okay. On um, you know, like we we've referenced it before. It's okay. I mean, yeah. it's it's just a, a again like kind of a mile marker type thing. But but when you're making the case that someone is in like a severe decline for the third consecutive season, um, to me, it's lazy to rely to rely on that and and not get into and it it goes back to what you said, which is like if you want to say he's not good now, say that and explain it. Right. But none of this explains why. This trend will or won't continue, and that that is at the you know a, a part of the base of my frustration with with presenting things in this way. Um, so that's that's my rant on that. Well, none um, of this matters, Craig, because the Mets have the largest division lead in baseball. Yeah, uh, you wrote in the doc how, and the answer is the NL East. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Yankees in in the second segment, which we'll eventually get to, and it's like almost they're almost the same team at this point in a way like it's the same sort of shape of the production neither of them can hit all the Yankees have hit for a little more power all the Mets have started to hit for power as well and you know the Yankees pitching has been their starting pitching hasn't been amazing but it's been you know Garrett Cole can cover a lot of things and the rest of the starting pitching has been at least all right and their bullpen's been extremely good yeah uh, the difference is the Yankees do not play in the NL East <laughs> right right and they, I mean the Yankees are are 29 and 25, uh, 537 win percentage. The Mets are doing better than that. Obviously, they've played fewer games, but they're right. at a 565. Uh, they're both around, you know, barely a little bit uh, over uh, into a positive run differential. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Braves have been. It's weird, too, because I think there's like arguably signs of positivity for for the Braves here also, which they've been an abject disaster in a lot yeah, of ways. They and they're one they game haven't... under 500. Yeah, they haven't really put together. You keep waiting for them to put together like a seven out of eight run or something. Yeah, and they don't really do it. They're a couple games over five hundred, and they're a couple games under five hundred. And I don't know if they can't get the sustained starting pitching to carry them. The bullpen also has been certainly up and down. I mean, uh, they've the... had problems almost everywhere. I don't think anyone yeah. in that lineup is hitting outside of uh, Acuna and Austin Riley. Yeah, more or less. I mean, Freeman has uh, been all yeah, right. If you want to talk about guys who okay. are unlucky, but yeah. He's yeah, he's been okay, but not not what they need given kind of the the failure of everybody else. The Phillies are a complete mess now. I mean, yeah, I I mean, you I, do wonder I see the Phillies people I follow on Twitter and it just seems like they're they're going through an existential crisis, which, you know, it's kind That's of It's like Phillies Twitter do. every year, I think. Yeah, it is a little bit what they do, but at the same time, it is uh I don't know. I mean, again, like kind of what the Braves are. Again, Freeman is just okay. Albies uh, has just been okay. Uh, Swanson has been bad. Uh, their current depth chart has Abraham Almonte, William <laughs> Contreras, and Guillermo Heredia as the yeah. bottom three. Um, I mean, things are are legitimately dire for Atlanta, and yet they are one game under five hundred. 
Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that bad, um, no. And and the other part is like you compare it to the the NL West, mm-hmm. um, and and the Giants have a half game lead while going thirty four and twenty. <laughs> you know, I mean that's that's why they have the division. You know, the, the division that they have. Uh, the I Nationals. Saw someone, I saw someone on Twitter today say like I was told the National League East was going to be the most interesting. I still think it is the most it, interesting, it just not for just not for the reasons we thought at the beginning of the season. I mean, I'm really curious. Something I I texted a couple people. Um, I'm really curious about whether the Nationals uh, trade Scherzer. Yeah, it would seem like uh, I don't know. I so that I mean they traded they traded Harper. He it has just full, got he has full ten he has ownership. full ten five no trade doesn't he. I think so. Yeah, yeah so no, it would really be up to, to him if he's he wants. Got he's got because this is really, his seventh year. Yeah, it would really be up to him. I think if he wants to. Sure, but even if he wants to, if ownership doesn't let the yeah. trade happen, you know, I guess that's true. I, they probably should. Yeah. Is the thing. So um, who really, who really needs like an elite? St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah, that'd be the obvious one. Um, Are the Cubs, if they wanted to, you know, I could see Houston doing it for the. Short-term, yep, yeah, that makes like, sense. When it's a short-term rental, I know he's making a lot of money. Um, yeah, but a lot's I, deferred. I, see, I don't know how that actually works. Yeah, uh, I could see more teams being interested than would maybe normally not want to take on that kind of general I mean, the Yan- you know, who knows what happens. You you said that the rotation yeah, has been good, like, but the Yankees Yeah, they just lost Kluber, so. Toronto uh, needs more. I mean, we'll see what Manoa is uh, in, you know over the the long term but toronto could be in that mix certainly have the prospects to do it um and i don't think it would be like an insane price uh just yeah. because it's a, a rental and those get nothing right you know and he's making a lot um, of money yeah right and every right that that is the other i mean like again like i think the cubs make a lot of sense they're they're in first place right now yeah. um but they i don't see them taking on anyone no i don't see them taking on money yeah that's the thing um so yeah, I mean, I, I just think that's an interesting... Yeah, I agree. I think they're one of the more interesting uh, things. I mean, do you think the Mets... Uh, like, you asked in the doc, can they keep this up? I, I think the answer is is yes, because I think they'll be better. Like, right. I, they're I getting, don't they're think starting they're going to get healthy. look like this. We've yeah. talked about the sheer number of people on the IL there. Uh, Pete Alonso is back this week. Uh, Seth Lugo just was activated to help fortify that bullpen, which... Uh, Trevor May and Miguel Castro are starting to look like guys that were used very heavily for the first two months of the season. So getting Lugo back will help there. Um, Kevin Pillar back after only missing <laughs> two right. weeks. Well, this is depressing. Also, Mason Williams. Mason is on Williams. This team. Yeah. He made a nice catch. Had a couple hits last night. Oh man! So like, so the thing about Mason Williams. I can't believe we're talking about Mason Williams. But I why not? Also, cannot believe. I mean, that. Mason Williams was like nineteen when I started writing about prospects. <laughs> he is now twenty nine. Uh, He's always like been able to hit a little bit. Like he's a career like two seventy hitter in the majors. He just shouldn't really play center field, although he's playing center field for the Mets at the moment. And he's never really hit for power or walked, but as like a bench outfielder, it's not the word like his career line is almost indistinguishable from Jose Peraza's. Again, not as a corner the, outfielder, that's right? A real not the strongest problem. of praise, but they need guys like they, they they need guys that can hit ten percent worse than league average right now. And they you know like the Perazas, Billy McKinney, Mason Williams, just to hold down the fort. Yeah, Billy McKinney did the Brewer, did, did the <laughs> Brewers fix him? Uh, he had another home. I think he's slugging like seven hundred as a Met right now in four games. I mean, I'm sure that'll hold up. So maybe. 
it's good when the but I mean they need I something. Got, I, I got I, the I got the team DRC plus report from yeah. from Judge yesterday, and the, the Milwaukee is literally thirtieth. Yeah, and you're, they're taking their scraps. It's pretty good. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Mets are currently between the Pirates and the Tigers in runs per game. That would be 29th if you couldn't guess from that description. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not good, but they've also like the raw ingredients have been. Yeah, a uh, little you know, they bit have Degrom. They have Degrom and Taiwan Walker back and healthy. And Degrom is one of their best hitters. Yeah, Degrom is one of their best hitters. Degrom <laughs> averaged 100.2 miles an hour last night Jesus on his Christ. fastball. He's it's yeah, it's, it really is. On he had. Uh, <laughs> He was facing uh, Domingo Leyva, and that's a fair matchup. It, he threw this like backfoot slider, and Leyva had no chance. So he just threw it there two more times, and Leyva had no chance. And like, what do you even do? Like, it looks like a fast, looks like a fastball at your thighs out of the hand, and it's like ninety three miles an hour. It's just like, yeah, you got no chance, kid. Sit down. Um. So I was, uh, I was not watching the game, but I, I was following it on Twitter and stuff, and I saw. Uh, just on the subject of Degrom making people look bad, Kettle Marte yeah. like fell down on yeah. a on a ball. A ball yeah, what? He, like he was, like, like he held up, but yeah, he just he was so confused that he threw his first curveball of the entire year, and it was eighty five miles an hour inside black at the knees, like twelve to six. <laughs> and he said, like it's a it's a plus curve. It's his fourth pitch. It's a plus curve. Sure. And he said before, As like you do. He got asked why he doesn't throw it. He's like, well, I don't want to get beat with my fourth best pitch. Sure. Yeah. And I, listen, when it's the eight guy fastball, has, eight slider, seven changeup. Then... The guy has the best ERA entering June mm-hmm. since 1945. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say that's fine. He doesn't need to throw it more. So I had a uh, I had a large cocktail last night, and oh, good. I said in in my group chat, I, I've like brought this up i did a i did a media hit for like vermont radio when the mets played the red sox and i said like ah look i don't want to say anyone's better than pedro's 99 to 2001 but it's probably the best peak we've seen since then man it might just be he might just be the best it might be the best peak of a pitcher ever might be yeah i mean i think it's i think it's a discussion i i think that's fair i'm not i i it feels like like uh betrayal yeah to uh to say, and I know, watched again, a lot of nineteen going back to, to Pedro, but Pedro, like maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe I think it's a legitimate. I don't think you're going to get. Um, I, I I don't think it's an unfair discussion to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe people disagree, but like it's it's in the conversation. Um. All right. Well, we're thirty minutes into a podcast that's only been about the Mets. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I do a two-hour podcast every week that's only about the Mets. So this yeah. is this is some light uh, supplemental material for me. Yeah. Uh, our second segment, this would never happen if George was alive. We're going to stay in New York. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees got swept by the goddamn Tigers. They did. And then they lost a fourth in a row to Tampa. Um, they are hitting 229, 316, 371 as a team. That's very bad. Uh, even it's this worth year, keeping that's in not mind great. The, yeah. the offensive environment, but it's very bad. Um, again, you touched on on the the way that they've kind of been performing in terms of the rotation. What's been good? What's been bad? Um, the lineup has been bad. The the rotation has generally so the lineup been good. Has been, the lineup has been bad, but Aaron Judge has been healthy. Aaron Judge is yeah. Aaron Judge and is, hitting and yes. hitting. He's been hitting. 
He has been hitting. Um, I know he hasn't played enough games for some people, but he's played fifty. He's played the most games on the Yankees this 51 year. Fifty-one out of fifty-four <laughs> games he's appeared in. Um, uh, John Carlos Stanton has obviously been good when healthy, but he hasn't been healthy much. <laughs> the next two highest uh, OPS hitters on the team are Kyle Higashioka and Gary Sanchez, who play the same position. I mean, Sanchez DH is a fair bit, but yeah, um, it's. It's and not they're, great. They're, they're and batting, they're batting also, 194 and 202, respectively. Higashioka also had like a week-long run where he yes. was fantastic and has been really bad kind of outside of that. I, I might be wrong on the exact number of days, but like there was a stretch where he was, I mean, where it was not uh, foolish to be like, he should probably be getting the starts right now. Right. Um, and Sanchez has had like, two to three game stints where he looks fixed and then kind of falls apart again. Yep. Clint Frazier has been really bad. Glaber Torres has not been particularly good. Uh, Rugnan Odor is... Rugnan Odor. He's having the Rugnan Odor lineup. season. It's in the lineup. He's yeah. in the lineup. That's not good. Um, yeah, I mean, Luke Voigt is hurt and has not been performing. Yeah. Um, DJ Mayhew has not been great. He's been okay. Like yeah. Some of it is like he's so like again like going back to OPS plus he's it's it's just shy of league average, um, but it's not what they need him to be. Right, I think is is the the crucial point there, um, and you know again like it feels a little bit worse than the Mets I think because of the division the Red Sox have been uh, surprisingly kind of spry, mm-hmm. uh, frisky I guess you could say. The Rays have been very good. Rays have won like fifteen out of sixteen or something. Yeah, the Rays have been fantastic. Uh, <laughs> For their for their payroll, Jeff, do we want to get into God, that? No, I don't want to get into that no. discourse. Um, no, but I, I just they've been uh no, they've been very good. Uh Rich Hill looks yeah. alive again. Um again if we want to so I said DJ Lemon, who's OPS plus uh was well, I think ninety seven, just shy of league average. His mm-hmm. DRC plus is one oh seven. He's it's it's not great. It's a six eighty four right. OPS, but again the offensive environment is truly atrocious. Um I'm not really worried about the Yankees yet. So Again, I'm not worried. I, I think yeah. I think they're a better baseball team than this, but I also don't know if they're a good enough baseball team playing like this for as long as they have to win the division. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like they haven't they they haven't buried themselves by any stretch of the imagination. I don't like they're like think four so. back I mean, or again, something. They're gonna hit. I look. I, Lindsay Adler has written about this. I saw Randy Wilkins uh, tweeting about it, and I think it's the case. Lindsay had a, had a point that, like, over the last couple seasons, Yankee fans have been really mad about, like, how often they hit home runs or something. Like, right. it's too much or they focus too much on it or something like that. But that's really what the problem is this year. Right. Some of that is probably the ball changing. It's, it's again, we've talked a lot about the environment. But, like, they're also – their launch angle is just – as a team is is not as high as it has been previously. And so they're not hitting as many home runs as they have previously. And if they were, um, they'd be fine. And I think it's fair to say, like, as the weather warms up, as these guys find their groove a little bit, like, I, I kind of think that will resolve itself. Maybe not to the point that it was before. Um, I don't think this is as strong offensively a team as they've had in the, the past couple seasons. Uh, you know, Eric Aaron Hicks uh, is is out for the year seemingly um he's on the 60 day il they've had some injuries that have have sapped the depth of the roster again i mentioned luke voigt um 
but I do think like they can still be the a much better offensive team than they are right now. And even if there's some regression on the pitching side, which which I wouldn't be surprised to I see. I mean, Jonathan Loizaga, Chad Green, Michael King, and Lucas Lutke all have ERAs under three right now. Yeah, I think some of those guys, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Sure. Again, some of that's the environment that they're pitching in. Yep. But, but um, you know, I also think like, and we've seen Jamison Tyon have up and down starts. Yeah. Uh, We've seen Corey Kluber start to round into form and then go down with an injury. I think he's out a, a month, right? They so said we'll six see. weeks, I think. Minimum, it's shoulder strain. You never know, right? Okay, so like, yeah, four four to six weeks, probably on the on the short side. Um, we'll see what their where, what their depth provides. We'll see what Debbie Garcia can do in in kind of a longer audition. Um, but yeah, I, I expect like a little regression, but I do think the offense is good enough to overcome that. And I, I still kind of view them as the best overall team in the division. Um, maybe that's a, a slight to the Rays. I don't mean it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'll feel differently differently when the Rays actually put their best team on the field. Yeah. It sure um, seems from uh, Keenan's 10-pack this morning that Wander Franco and Fidelio Brujan are ready for Major League Baseball. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see them. <laughs> I'm ready for it, um, and I think it would it would help you know just salt if if they're gonna you know retain the advantage. I think they should do everything they can to kind of salt it away. Yeah. Um, so you know I'll be excited when they do that. Obviously they've they've been good anyway. They're pitching. It seems I I'm going off memory and kind of like uh, what I've what I've watched here, but their pitching has been really quite good. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean we've we've had a lot of conversations about McClanahan uh he threw five shutdown innings his last time out I mentioned Rich Hill Tyler Glass now I mean I don't think <laughs> we have to spend a lot of time on Tyler Glass now he's he's very good um and the bullpen has been really strong as as they seem to always kind of do and they reinforced with the Willie Adamas trade um I will point out also by the way Willie Adamas has been fantastic since since leaving uh, he used trop. to say he so hated maybe, he hated hitting in the trap because he couldn't pick up the ball. His home road splits kind of bear that out yep. um, over his career. So he's, I mean, he's had decent seasons there too, but like the, he's he's hit very well for uh, Milwaukee. Another guy, on a, another guy that might not have been on a three year slide. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, all right, our third uh, segment stabilization point with apologies to Russell Carlton, who, uh, who famously has has the article talking about stabilization points. Uh, but then the also one that says you're using that wrong, uh, which, of course, it's like the tweet that goes out and then like yeah. the follow up that's like, no, no, you're using that all wrong and gets like two retweets. Yeah. Um, Memorial Day is often seen as like the the demarcation point of like what what we can start to view as real versus not. Um, we've obviously gotten into a little bit of this, but like I want to talk about the division leaders and, and who is most likely to uh retain that lead in the end uh so we'll we can go through all six we've talked about the the al and nl east a little bit we can start there um do you think the mets are your division champions in the in the national league i mean i am a irony poisoned online mets fan so no i don't think they're gonna win the division (laughs) well okay who are you picking then no i like they should win i I still would worry about the Braves getting their act together at some point. Like, I just see if the Braves start hitting that that could be a real problem for them, given that they don't seem to be getting J.D. Davis, Brendan Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, or Michael Conforto back anytime soon. Like, it mm-hmm. feels like the Braves should make a run. The Mets also historically are terrible in June, 
and have seven games against the Padres the next two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, I could see this slipping in in June a little bit, but I I do think it's the Mets. I, the Braves just have so many problems too, and we'll we'll get to one of the more serious ones uh, momentarily. But yeah, I I think it's the Mets as well. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are two games up in the AL East. I think the Rays put that division away. Yeah, as I said, I think I it'll think be close. Are, but are I the just... best team, so I, I I'm going to go with the Yankees. But it wouldn't surprise. I don't feel yeah. great about it. Um, I, How many I, wins do you think yeah. it takes to win the AL East? Uh, Somebody going to get to 100 here? It feels like it's too good a division a for that division. to happen. I mean, we yeah. didn't even talk about Toronto, who yeah. is six and a half back, but over 500. They've been up and down. 40, plus 42 run differential. Yeah. We'll see what getting out of Dunedin does to them as yeah. well. Um, but they are... They were only 10 and 11 uh, in 21 games there. So I, you know... Yeah, I mean, the, their, their that, pitching is just the size of that problem. part goes both ways, especially yeah, with their that's pitching. True. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I think the Red Sox will fade too. We, we've talked about this separately, but I, they, they just have not used that many pitchers or, or right. players overall, really. Um, so they've they've been a bit lucky on the health front, which has destroyed most yeah. most teams in baseball at this point this year. So I, I do think they're going to fade at some point. Uh, and that it'll come down to Tampa and New York. I, I think New York edges out. Yeah, I was going to say like ninety eight. Yeah, that's about right. Is kind of where I where I see it, but I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, let's go to the NL Central. The Cubs are leading by half a game over the Cardinals, thirty yeah. and twenty three to thirty and twenty four. Milwaukee yeah, is uh, one and a half back. Yeah, it's gonna. I think that's gonna be a fair. I don't think any of those teams are particularly good. So I think that'll probably. That could be a thing where an actual serious deadline buy could make a difference. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, I, so like, I, I know Dakota basically... had Milwaukee early, you know, before the season. They are four games over 500 despite a negative round differential. Uh, they have. And the lowest the second... DRC plus in baseball. <laughs> I was, well, I was going to say, so they have the second best uh, DRA minus in baseball, mm-hmm. uh, the, the worst DRC plus. Um, All right. Yeah. The Adamas move, I think, is a good one for them. Uh, but I don't know what else they can go get. Like, yeah. I don't know what they can fit. What they need is Christian Yelich to hit for power. Mm-hmm. And he broke his leg and has a bad back now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not over the want. last three seasons, however you want to put it, right? Like, to the end of 2019 uh, until now. I don't know if he's going to hit for power anymore. Right. You know, and like, I don't know how that's going to work. The um, interesting thing about the Cubs right now is. They're not All, bad. I mean, they're not bad. Like everyone's kind of like it, this is probably the last run for the for this version of the team. But you know, Chris Bryant. Has Chris Bryant. Like I was going to say, everyone's unreal. sort of crowning Fernando Tatis Jr. as the NL MVP, and you very well might win it. But Chris Bryant having an MVP level season again. He is hitting in the in, in like the year of the pitcher point. Yeah. Uh, two point Yeah. He's hitting three twenty three four oh six six eleven. If you're not paying attention to Chris Bryant, like he is out of his mind. He was a non-tender candidate. He was a non-tender candidate. Uh, probably more of made of was made of that publicly mm, than maybe than was considered. Maybe maybe, but like uh, he probably could have been had pretty cheap. I think they would have traded him. Yeah, an, I don't think they could non-tender him. Awful they, yeah. 2020, which goes to the point about 2020, by the way. But like, yeah, he he is um, man. He is really good. I, I don't know. I think they need pitching help 
to to salt that away. And that's and the Cardinals are kind of like, you know, they're yeah. good. I, like they're good. I don't know. They need help too. All of these teams need help. I mean, you the best I mean? starter for the Cubs has been Adbert Alzelay, who's been quite good. From I've watched a little bit of him, and he's been he's been pretty. Kyle Hendricks seems to have righted the ship. Like he had a horrible like first four starts, but has basically yes. been Kyle Hendricks since then. Yeah. Uh, the AL Central, uh, the White Sox are three and a half up. I think, and I think they're yeah, distinctly better than everyone else in that the, division. It, they're going to be like they're gonna, they should win that division by fifteen, and they're going to win it by seven or something. Probably that sounds right. <laughs> I was going to say eight, yeah, but something like that. Yeah, uh, they've been extremely good. Yeah, uh, and I think they will continue to be extremely good. They just they're going to have a hilarious exit in the playoffs to like the <laughs> Oakland Athletics. I mean, they had a hilarious exit to the playoffs, the Oakland Athletics last year too. I guess, but. They did. It was a three-game series. Yeah, I know, and they they got unlucky because uh, Crochet walked Shea, off. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the NL West. The Giants are ahead by half a game over the Padres, two over the Dodgers. The Giants, like, it looked like they were going to fade last week, and then they they punched back against. They, they won a series against the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah. I think they're going to stick around. I don't think they have enough to. They're very. They're very the red Sox to me. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I think like, they're they're not bad, but they're not this. Right. You know what I, I, mean? I think they're good enough. See, I think they're good enough to because of the overall quality of the National League versus the American League, which is, I mean, that's not fair right, to say, but I think the Giants have a decent shot of getting a wild card spot now. Well, the other division, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, they're basically going to be fighting with whoever's second in the Central, probably. Yeah, probably. Maybe the Braves if they get their act together, but yeah. Uh, I, they definitely have a path to it. I, I still think the Padres and Dodgers are the two best teams in this league. Um, given the Mets' woes, is that yep. fair? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you going to predict who who will emerge? Oh, man, uh, it's... in the in the West though. I still think you got the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I still think the Dodgers <laughs> have a little bit too yeah, much I, here especially now they're getting the healthy too. but like i would not like it's like 60 40 for me it's not a lot yeah i think that's fair i think it's the dodgers also i mean it's not just getting healthy it's like gavin lux is hitting again mm-hmm. um i mean they were just yeah their their stretches have been they've been very streaky they were obviously the best team in baseball for like the first i don't know 20 ish games and then horrible for the next 18 i think they were four and 14 something like that yeah. they've been much better again since then um, but you know the the part of that is that the pitching was insanely good. I believe they're the best team uh, by DRA. Um, I think I'm going off memory on that, but I think that's the case. Um, but I don't think that that's going to hold uh, forever. I you know I, I oh sorry Milwaukee is the best team by uh, DRA and the Dodgers are second best. Apologies. Um, but I don't think that can hold out forever, especially with the May injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the lineup is gonna is gonna be much better. I mean, it sounds silly to say, but they're like they're getting Zach McKinstry. They got yeah. Zach McKinstry back. Cody Bellinger has been really bad since coming back, but again, um, should be should be a boon to the offense. And, the Padres, and really, just go ahead. The Padres also have a, like a ridiculously deep bullpen full of it's like a very twins 2020 yes. twins bullpen where it's like, yeah, like, like really yeah, every it's not like you haven't heard of like, you've heard of emilio pagan you've heard of craig stammon you're like oh yeah they're they're perfectly fine middle relievers yeah. and then you like look at their side like oh craig stammon has a 37 to 5 strikeout to walk ratio in 30 innings <laughs> um, they're using nabil yeah. prismat as like a multi-inning leverage guy now which is 
a little yeah, weird. Yeah, you should maybe not throw 91 up in the zone to Javier Baez. Yeah, I sent you. I tweeted that. I, <laughs> I, I, I like Nabil Kurzmat a lot. That's not a good location <laughs> for him. Really against any major league hitter, but especially against Javier. Like, just throw Javier Baez change-ups out of the zone. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and then the AL West. Um, Oakland is yes. at, the, at the four they still, right they now. Still they still are leading the division, Craig. They are leading the division. Uh, they're significantly worse than Houston. I'll take Houston. <laughs> I'll take Houston by like five games. Uh, I I think I, I guess I have to just stick with Oakland at this point because it's been a thing that we <laughs> out, do. out of spite, out of spite, and, par- and, and partially, but spite also I to thought... me, to be clear, not to Oakland or or no. maybe to Houston, but yeah, definitely not even really. But yeah. <laughs> um, I am. I he's had a couple bad outings now, so the ERA is up over three. I was really hoping that Yasmira Petit. Uh, who mm-hmm. currently leads the AL and wins in his seven and O would make an All Star game like a troll All Star game as a reliever, but he probably needs better peripherals in the year of the pitcher to get there. Yeah, I mentioned on our what what to watch. I think Chris Bassett had like a, sh- a complete game shutout recently. Yeah. Sean Manaya, I think just did he did he go the distance yesterday? Uh, um, he might have, yeah. So they've been getting they've been getting. I I do. <laughs> what do you do with Sean Manaya? I mean, I I don't <laughs> even know at this point. Um, I mean, he's like a what? What is he? A number? Oh, yeah. He's like a three was, and a half uh, starter. Basically, he's like a three four. Yeah, it's just he's got the weird velocity. Yeah, they have Lazardo back, and he's going to pitch out of the bullpen for a bit because like James Caprellian's been good. Yeah, yeah. So Manaya didn't go yesterday. It was it was Caprellian um, who got who got touched up a little bit, but it was it was just a short outing, really, yeah. more than anything. Um, but yeah, I. I, I just don't even know what to do with, like, Manai at this point. Like, sometimes he's, like, upper 80s, and it's bad. When he's, like, 93, it's really good, and you don't know which one you're going to get. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mark, but he's Mark, been he's been good on, on balance. I, I don't mean to... Mark Canha is, like, top 10 in position player warp this year. And he Yeah, he's well, he's just, like, good every yeah, year now. I know. Um, I, it's, I'm it's reliably informed I also, by uh, you... one of our mutual friends that Mark Canha is very good. Did you did you see the thing where he talked about why he gets hit by pitches a lot? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, he doesn't move, which right. he's trained himself to do, and that's fine. But he also said like people don't like him, <laughs> which which was weird because I feel like does anyone have like A real feelings about Mark? Mark yeah. <laughs> but then he got into it with someone over yeah. the weekend. Oh, yeah, it was I didn't Shohei Otani. It was Otani. That's yeah. right. He was like yelling at him about. It. I'm like, what is he was? Happening? He wasn't yelling at Otani. Like he said something under his breath, and I think Sean Murphy took offense. Yeah, he actually got yeah, into yeah. it with Murphy. Otani seemed to laugh. He didn't yeah. seem to care. Yeah. Uh, you had you had like the top five uh, hitters and pitchers in in warp. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you want to run those down, I'm I'm happy to have any. Conversation. So yeah, the, I just want to see like how sustainable you think this is, basically. Okay. Well, first I'm going to say it's June 1st, but it's still too early to use warp very seriously, but that's sure. fine. Uh, number one, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, he might be the best. Yeah, he, he probably, might, he might be the best player in baseball. Sh- Non-Mike Trout play, yeah. able to play uh, every day. Chris division. Bryant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max Muncy is second. Um. Yeah, not this good, but he's he's, he's been slugging like six on an absolute tear of like so he had he had like a hitless streak where he was still walking. A yeah, ton. I remember that. Yeah. And, and that was during the Dodgers slide, and everyone the like Dodgers Twitter or whatever was super up their ass about it. But he has just been. I mean, I his so we have the full May. His May started with an O for uh, an O for six with one walk. Yeah. Um, and even including that, he went 330, 440, 714 mm. in May. 
Uh, he's just been playing out of his mind, uh, especially since, I mean, again, the whole month was, was us, but starting around May 12th, he's had, uh, he's at 375, 459, 766, uh, with way more multi-hit games than, than either single hit or, or no hit games. Um, I mean, he is extremely good. Yeah, uh, Again, but he's not. Twenty twenty. I don't think. I don't think he's going to end real. up as a. I don't think. Right. Twenty twenty. Not real. I. I think. I don't think he's going to end up as a top five hitter in warp. Sure. If that's. If that's what we're saying. But he's a very good hitter. If he was top fifteen, it would not surprise me. Speaking of twenty twenty not being real, we have the uh, National League. It might be the Major League batting average leader right now, uh, Nick Castellanos, who's also hit a few deep drives to left field because he's hitting three fifty six, four thirteen, six thirty eight. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I mean, he kind of did this at the beginning of last year, too. Obviously, sure. didn't, didn't hold on to it, given that it was a two-month season and we're two months yes. in um, now. But, like, sure. I mean, he's he's a really good hitter, and he's yep. going to hit the hell out of the ball in, in Cincinnati. That's, he was great in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, frankly, not far from what he's doing now when he was in Chicago. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, he's fine. Like, I think he's a good he's a very good hitter. Um, and I, I don't think I'm going to say top five in warp cause he's not a good defender, right. but if he was top, uh, if he, again, I, I think I'd put him kind of where Muncie is top 15 as a hitter that, sure. that seems about right to me. Um, I'm just going to say, I pulled up his, his baseball reference page while we were talking. His nickname is artist. Okay. Have you heard this at all? No, no, me neither. That's let's not call him that. Uh, I don't, I, he actually has a fairly high walk rate but i don't know why anyone is pitching to him number four is jose ramirez yeah i mean <laughs> that that team is like austin hedges is routinely in the lineup yeah um man uh yeah i yeah i think he's one of the i, he, I mean he could end up he baseball. could end up top i would not be shocked if he ended up top five i don't know if he's necessarily a top five uh i wouldn't be surprised if he ended up top three yeah. I, he's a really, really yes, good player. He, very he good does player. not strike out. Yeah. Um, and he's, again, you mentioned above, uh, du- you know, double di- digit walk rate. He's he's it, one it, of the most. Is he on Cleveland players. on August 1st? Man, I don't. I've seen the Atlanta fans that, that I follow yeah. uh, pine for him. Uh, I mean, I guess they can play him at for, third and for a while in the now. Yeah. For a while now. Man. Uh, he he would be a huge piece for a team like Atlanta. Yeah. Um, do I, is he going to be in Cleveland? Yeah, I think so. They've got twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three options on him for eleven million and thirteen million. I mean, it's 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 yeah. insane. They even they can afford it. Yeah. Um, I mean he he's twenty eight right now. Would you rather have him like cost aside? This mm-hmm. I'm not talking about. Cost. Would you rather have him than Francisco Lindor as a player? You have to, right? Oh, man. Like, what, what's the horizon on this? Because Lindor is such a good defender, and he'll be such a good. Right. Like, and, I think when it goes for better. Ramirez, it's gonna yeah. Yeah, five years. Next five years. I think I'd probably still take Lindor, but you know, Jose Ramirez I, is a hell of a player. Like, I'm not. I think I'd take Ramirez. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I it's yeah. reasonable. Yeah, no, no, I and I, I get, yeah, it's just it's an interesting, you know. Just, I mean, they had both of them, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, didn't do more with both. I just my hands in my hands, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I buy that. I buy that. Uh, number five is Freddie Freeman. 
who who we talked about yeah. uh, not being great with the bat. I, I mentioned in that article that Judge wrote that he specifically talks about Freeman mm-hmm. um, and and kind of the the bad luck he's had. He's has a two thirty one BABIP this year. Right. Um, he's striking out. 17% of the time, he's walking 16.4% of the time. Yeah, I mean, there's not much behind him in that lineup right now. I think they've moved Albies down uh, behind him, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, like... and it's worth pointing out, like, we're talking about, like, he's struggling. He's got a 122 WRC+. Plus. Like, yeah, he's I mean, very he's, good. It's like, yeah. I, like, I don't think he's actually a, a 340 hitter like he was last year, but, you know, he's a career 293 hitter, and he's hitting 235 with peripherals that probably support him hitting 290, so... Yeah, right. Exactly. I think he's. I think he's just naturally better than that. And I think I, I'm not really worried about him. Some of it is the the other thing that people need to keep in mind when we're looking at warp is that like the defensive stuff, like certain things can throw it really far out of whack right. early on, like uh, outfield assists uh, because they are so specific. Like in terms of what they add value to, like they're very specific. So if someone racks up like three or four very early on, it's gonna kind of like. They're probably not going to do it all season at that rate, and so it's going to throw things off a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, he his his FRAA is good. Uh, his DRC plus is one twenty nine, so likes him a little bit better than even WRC plus does right now. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll I'll buy him top five. I mean, I don't know that he will be, uh, but it that wouldn't bother me really. Um, I don't know if that's where where you are. As well. Yeah, I uh, I'll run through the pitchers pretty quickly. I guess sure. now. I, I, would, I do want to note that Kyle Tucker is sixth. Uh, yeah, uh, Kyle Tucker. I was going to say I'm, I'm curious about if that's like a defensive thing because I know he's been he's been like streaky, right? Like either really bad or or on a good run. Uh, I'm pulling up his page right now. So, but. Did you did you have any Kyle Tucker thoughts? No. Uh, yeah. So one fifteen OPS plus two forty three ten four sixty nine. I mean that's just kind of where we are as mm-hmm. no. <laughs> in offense right now. Um, I was trying to see if if I wonder if some that's easily been a pretty good defender in a corner or something. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, given his yeah. his uh, uh, profile. Anyway, the pitcher number one pitcher in warp right now is Zach Wheeler. He's been really He's good. Been really good. Uh, um, by the way, I I did. He, he Tucker has a one fifteen DRC plus, so they agree on that mm-hmm. offensively. Uh, he has he's a very good base runner. Ah, yeah. Um, so far this year, it's look. It doesn't add a ton, but he's he's got two point seven base running runs at this point, and uh, his his uh, FRAA is quite good. Uh, so that's it's it's his defense, I mm-hmm. think, um, in terms of how that's how that's playing out um, this year. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's it's mostly he's got yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of his defense, I think, playing into that. And then this, this uh, two through five is Brandon Woodruff, Garrett Cole, Tyler Glass, now and Shane Bieber. Not so really would, any surprises there. No, I mean that's all legitimate. Uh, the I, two the two lowest uh, DRAs are actually uh, Corbin Burns and Jacob Degrom, but obviously they both missed some time and more of a counting stat. Right, right, exactly. Woodruff has been. I mean, I again, I. I we talked about him yeah. before the season. I, I said I had a uh, I placed a bet on him uh, as for a Cy Young thing. Yeah. I was feeling bad about that the way uh, Burns was was going. I will forever feel bad about it because there's no point to picking against Degrom. <laughs> um, but you know it's just kind of like a long shot thing, and he's he's justifying it. He's not yeah. as good as Degrom, but but he's justifying it on his performance. Wheeler. 
14 strikeouts his last outing. Um, that yeah. was what was missing last year. He was very good last year, but not missing bats as much as he did uh, when he was with the Mets. Um, but he's kind of doing both now. He's very, just a very good pitcher. Yeah. Um, even remarkably durable, too. He's throwing, yeah. averaging almost seven innings a start this year. Uh, which is funny because Brody Van Wagenen said uh, entering free agency that or I think it was after he actually signed right. the, the Phillies deal. Like, oh, we weren't like you know, it's a real, it's a real tribute to our medical team that we kept Zach Wheeler healthy for two seasons to allow him to get this contract. Just like, like, look, the Wilpons were never going to sign off on them giving also Zach Wheeler a hundred million dollars. Team. Yeah, but also, <laughs> like, maybe you should just sign Zach Wheeler. Yeah, I mean, this is the best strikeout rate of his career and Mm -hmm. it's not particularly close um the other part of it is that he's going deep into games um which is what he did not do with the mets which he he threw a lot of pitches he did was also five plus kind of thing yes he started the six on 111 pitches a whole a lot host of times under terry collins (laughs) yeah yeah um all right let's take a quick break and we'll be back with around the horn and what to watch very quickly With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to episode 140 of Five and Dive. We're going to go around the horn in our fourth segment. Um, I, I honestly don't know that I have much to say on this other than, uh, you know, I, I hope the best uh, for Marcelo Ozuna's wife. Uh, but Ozuna was arrested over the weekend in what sounds like a, a deeply uh, dismaying uh, incident. It was, I, I don't have the exact uh, charge in front of me, but it was essentially domestic violence, uh, domestic like battery felony. with strangulation. Yeah, it, was like a it is a felony in Georgia. Charge. I believe the minimum is three years. The maximum is up to 20, I think, uh, years that police were called to the home uh, and then witnessed him um, holding her by the throat against the wall, I think was the gist of the the uh, report. Uh, yeah, again, and, and hitting her with, he had his, his arm in a cast because he had, uh, he, he's injured, um, and, and hitting her with that. I mean, again, uh, just, uh, a horrifying situation. And I, my, my thoughts and, and, uh, just concern is with the health, uh, with, with her health, uh, and, and the family and, and hopefully she's doing okay. Um, what it means for the Braves, I don't care in this yeah. context. Uh, it's really not important. Um, yeah, uh, there's no real good way to transition out of that. Um, speaking of injuries, Adalberto Mondesi uh, nicked himself, I guess, is a hamstring injury, was it? Yeah, it sounds like it's minor. I just want them to call it Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> They're not going to, but... They're not. Um, I guess as we get into June, you know, later later June, they might, right, but they also the aren't... Claw back at this point. 
Yeah, they've fallen off the pace here. They're six that back of Chicago. That doesn't seem to really matter It to doesn't them. seem to matter to them. That's true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's it's possible um, to to once they're they're past the super two deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem likely to me. I I, I I jokingly said to you, but I kind of think it's more likely that they'll call up Elcides Escobar. Yeah. Um, than they than they will uh, Bobby Witt. But yeah, it doesn't. I, is he even going on the IL immediately, or they're trying? I to don't see think so. I think they're going to yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, and then Fernando Tatis had a game tying home. That I saw some crazy stat, and forgive me that I I don't remember who said it specifically, but um, the Astros. I think I saw it from Noah Frank, who contributes to Baseball Perspectives. Uh, the Astros were outscored by the Padres like twenty-two to three from the seventh inning on mm. uh, in this series, uh, which they they were ahead in in many of those games going yes. into the seventh inning. But man, like this one, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like this one, yeah. Tatis hit a, a game tying three run home run. Admired it. Um, mm. I, everyone enjoyed him admiring it. I don't think the, the Astros didn't seem perturbed. Yeah, the, the the discourse wasn't uh, too bad. Like, whatever you can find a tweet that says anything. So, sure. Oh, right. There was the uh, Astros rants guy, which yes. nobody should nobody should give a, a flying fuck about what that guy has to say. He's deeply. I mean, he's calling for him to get get one in the ribs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. I, we've moved on from that. Yep. That's just not. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, he's uh, Tatis is is electric. I don't know that yeah. there's a better word. for He has like like. Do you remember like it was only a month ago he dislocated his shoulder swinging a baseball bat. A swing? Yeah, uh, and also I like I think a lot of guys have this to some degree, but but his his feel for the moment. Yeah. Is just like he seems to just do it in every big moment, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I'm just, I fingers crossed he stays healthy because it's again just he's drawing people to the sport. I, you know, I I follow a bunch of different people, and and some of them are like basketball focused types, and they're saying like, this guy is drawing me to the game to back to baseball in a way that I haven't felt since Griffey. Yeah. And and I think that's justified in terms of of kind of you know again his feel for the moment his sense for the big stage and and the way he performs on it it's, it's um yeah again fingers crossed that he stays healthy uh, our last segment what to watch uh, what what do you have coming up this week uh, I will actually be out of town on Wednesday so I probably won't be able to watch it live I guess depending on when I get back but uh, we got to do the weekly Pablo Lopez plug. Oh God! He's Can facing Alec Manoa, though. No, it should be good. Yeah, uh, there aren't a lot of great pitching matchups, honestly. Uh, Dylan uh, Dylan Cease against Shane Bieber is who I who I famously slagged as as unpleasant to watch, and then he's not. It wasn't right after that. He had several ugly starts, even yeah, though he's the still... stats weren't ugly. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been much better. Yeah, and he's not nibbling. He's and... never he's never gonna be like. The mo- he's not going to be Kyle Hendricks out there ever in terms of like right. command. You're going to get games where he, you know, is five and a third with five walks, seven strikeouts, and three earned runs or something. But starting with his, uh, he started a doubleheader uh, mm-hmm. this on April 29th, uh, the second game of a doubleheader. He went the complete game there. Um, he's thrown seven, six, five, five and two thirds, four and a third, and then six again. Uh, now, granted, the six was against Baltimore, um, <laughs> and his, his the complete game shutout was against Detroit. Um, but you know, I, 
this is this is a much better version of Cease. He's missing bats much more consistently. He's been in the zone and letting his he's got good stuff that you know he's to got be three above zone. average can, or better major league pitches. Yeah, I wouldn't say he can live there, but right. he can definitely you know I don't know have an extended stay. He can he's like there. he's he's become he can, he can like a, be there. he's become one of those like kind of frustrating but overall very good number three starters. Yeah, yeah. And Which is kind of what you would have he was expected like a, as a prospect. He was like a really frustrating low-end fourth starter for a, yes. for a while. So uh, this is improvement, and mm-hmm. it's it's really good. And I think the Sox honestly need it to some degree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he's facing. I don't want to reward them good. for betting on Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon <laughs> figuring it out, but good for them, I guess. Well, look, Rodon is almost like a different different sure. pitcher and he's also he what he pitched yesterday he got touched up a little bit i i don't i mean look the the sub zero the, the sub one uh era was never going to happen but sure. he's given up four four earned runs may 15th five earned runs may 31st that's cherry picking he was very very good in between right with with outings of uh 13 strikeouts and 10 strikeouts but look i i think if they can get a three three ERA from him that from this point forward, they're going to sit yeah, sure. very pretty, and I don't think that's out of the realm of likelihood even at this point. This is just kind of I don't know. This is just who Carlos Rodon is at yeah. this point. I know they split with Cleveland yesterday. You'd like to see them kind of yeah. You'd like to see week. them. Yeah, exactly. I think they have another doubleheader later this week too. Yeah, against I think Cleveland, that's right. it's like a brutal like five games in three days or something. But. Um, Denelson Lamette and uh, Adbert Alzale. You mentioned Alzale. Yeah. Um, he's been, like you said, the Cubs' best starter. Leans on the slider a lot. He's yep. not a bad watch, though. No. Uh, and and Lamette, you know, again, let's just stay healthy. That's <laughs> that's the big thing. Uh, we also and, do have the. We talked about the Rays Yankees series already, but the Rays Yankees, you know, it's. Uh, it'll it's be a, worth it, watching. It'll be worth watching. It's two good teams fighting for a division, and they they don't like each other. Do you, no, they do not. Do you want to plug the the Rays uh, retro jerseys? Do you want to? So I replace? we argued about this on yes. GChat. I like the like. Look, they're not the best alternate Rays jerseys. Those are the powder blues, but I think they're better than the, they're, they're regular. They're regular. Like home, I agree, the powder blues are are by far the best. Their home away jerseys are just boring. They're very boring. I I agree with that. What you said, and and I won't even argue with. Is that it? Is that it's at least like a perspective? Yeah. The the old jerseys, I I think that's fair. It is very nineties, um, but I like you know as it's a child just of ugly, the nineties, in yeah. my opinion. And uh, and I th- I get that everyone, the nineties are back. Right? They are back. And that, like I I get that, and that this is part I'm of it. A side and now, like Craig, so the nineties are back. Everyone's going with nostalgia and that kind of thing, and that's fine. Um, it is a perspective. It's it's actually doing something, and and again, like that's, I I agree. That's like better than being bland generally mm-hmm. uh but i just think aesthetically like it's not even an argument that the bland look is is more aesthetically pleasing mm. than than this ugly look like it's just it's just a better look in my opinion and there's too much of it right i mean that's the issue is that like and that's why the padres going to brown has right. been better the I padres think the brown had is just very a better uh, look generic uniforms as well but it was super generic and, yeah. it, and it sucks i think the rays are not quite that bad um in terms of of uh, how how generic they are but i don't know i do think this look the their regular unis are better than the the rays ones would i like to see them just do something original and have a perspective that they could just have a better look overall. Hmm. Sure. But the, 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 
yeah, I don't know. The multicolor Ray hat and the hat is better than the jerseys, but it's all none of it is is particularly great. It's called opinion. fashion, sweetie. Look it up. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you, Jeff, for for your fashion opinions and for joining me on this episode. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Five and Dive brought to you by the Baseball Perspectives Podcast Network and our Patreon supporters. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash five and dive. You can email the show. Even if you're not Peter, you can email the show. Uh, at five and dive at baseballperspectives.com. We are wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Baseball Perspectives Podcast Network and we'll be in that feed. Thank you, and we'll see you on Friday. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.